Hello, besties. Welcome to Martinis with Eddie, your ultimate destination for everything Bravo. Join me as we spill the tea, dissect the drama, and uncork the juiciest gossip from your favorite reality TV shows. I had so many opinions today, you guys, that I'm afraid that I'm going to hurt some feelings tonight. But, you know, this is an open conversation. I welcome everybody and I, wel I welcome every single different opinion. So please join on the live chat. Let me know what you think. We are going to be talking about New Jersey and Summer House. And also a couple of news coming from Beverly Hills. Let's start with the news. Uh, let's get that out of the way first so we get into the recaps. This morning, I woke up to the news that Erica Jane was launching her, I guess, um, how do you say it? Like when you're waiting for something, like the, the very um, surprising, let's say that, uh, residency in Vegas, I'm, I'm shocked. Uh, the name of it is called Bet in All Blonde. Bet it all on blonde. It's going to be running uh, from August 25th till December 16th, just, just in time for BravoCon. And I wonder if, if BravoCon and Erica Jane are going to have some kind of deal. So when you purchase tickets for BravoCon, maybe the SVIP or the VIP, uh, tickets, you get like a complimentary ticket to see her on her show. But to be honest, you guys, you know that I'm not an Erica Jane fan. And especially the way that she acted after the, uh, you know, that we discover all the crimes that her husband was doing. But the way that she reacted and never showed any ounce of, um, um, like remorse or anything like that it was what kind of got me uh, turned off when it comes down to Erica Jane. But her music is all right. It's, it's pop. It's, it's fun. It's catchy. That's great. And it's great for her. Honestly, I'm happy for Erica Jane. I'm truly, truly happy because I think everybody deserves to conquer their dreams. And she always mentioned that. She always said that. Her ultimate dream as a performer would be to have a residency in Vegas, and now she has it. Um, my question is, uh, if you guys are listening and you want to give me your opinion, um, but does she have the, the discography? Does she have that many hit songs to carry a, a residency in Vegas for over three months? Hold on. August, September. October, November, December, actually four months of shows. That is quite impressive. But how many times can she sing I'm expensive or whatever? That is intense. I mean, a show in Vegas runs for like an hour-ish, hour and a half. And... I only know like two songs from Erica. I only know Expensive, uh, How Many Fox, and Painkiller. 
So I'm wondering if she is she gonna do something else? Is she gonna release new music before that? Um, is it going to be like the Pussycat Dolls that it has a lot of like cabaret theme or whatever? Uh, I'm I'm curious. I'm curious to see how she um, handle having a residency in Vegas, and I wonder if she has enough fans to cover a four month residency. That's why I believe. That maybe, um, since it's happening during BravoCon 2 as well, uh, Bravo and Erica Jane have a deal and it will be part of the BravoCon experience. I want to know that. Because if it's part of that experience, I'm going to go and see it. Uh, I'm going to be in Vegas and uh, I'm going to be at BravoCon and if it's part of the deal... I'll be there listening to Expensive and and I will bring you all the tea about the show because I know we want to know what happened in that show, like who's funding that show and um, is it going to be like a great production? Is it going to be just like basic costumes and, and something simple? I don't think it's going to be super basic because I know that Erica likes stuff to be over the top. Um you know, she likes to perform for the gays, so she, I'm pretty sure she's going to do some crazy performances. But I have my doubts. And I hope I hope she I hope it goes well for her. I mean, like I said before, I'm not a fan, but I'm also not going to hate on her for, you know, chasing her dream and making it happen. You know, um, yeah, I'm surprised she announced this um uh, she announced the the residency a couple of weeks ago, uh, and I thought it was just like one of those news that you just want to like create buzz for yourself because you are in a show because they were filming Beverly Hills because she has nothing else going on. But surprise, surprise! Today I woke up to the news that in fact is happening. And since I'm going to be in Vegas. I'm sure I'm going to be able to bring you some tea about this show. And I will bring you a review. If I see it, I'm not going to pay a dime. That's one thing I'm going to do. I'm not going to go pay uh, anything to go see Erica Jane because I'm not a fan of her music. I can listen to it while I'm driving. I can pretend to like expensive and whatever. Um, but for me to pay... For a show, I want to love the performer. I want to go see a show and be pleased with it. I'm going to see Beyonce. I would rather go see Katy Perry or Adele while I'm in Vegas. But if BravoCon decides to give you access to this show during that weekend, I'm all for it. So if I get to go and see Erica Jane's show, you know that I'm going to be bringing you the review and what I think about it. And I'm going to be honest. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to critique her show for what it is, a Vegas show. Not how I feel about Erica on the show, because I'm, I'm capable of separate both opinions. Um, I'm excited for BravoCon. I cannot wait for it. It's in November. If you are going, uh, you can hit me up on Instagram or Twitter. I'll be out there for uh, several days, and I would like to meet as many besties as I can while I'm there. Uh, I'm so excited. I know that many of you guys are actually going. Uh, so let me know. Let me know if you're going, and we will definitely make sure that I say hello to everybody. 
Um, let's go. Oh, also, also about Beverly Hills. They were filming an event last night for uh, a for mental health, and I appreciate that they are highlighting this. Uh, um, you know, um, they, they're highlighting this because it's very important. I believe that uh, it was hosted by Kyle. And as we know, Kyle does have anxiety and she has been very open about it. So um, bringing attention to that is very important. I appreciate that they, they're doing it because I myself have anxiety. So when I see that, you know, conversation on TV, it makes me feel like uh, it's it's okay to be open about it. Another news that we have uh, talking about somebody I don't want to talk about. Uh, it was actually it was for a non-profit organization called NAMI, which is the National Alliance of Mental Illness. And that was hosted by Kyle last night. And everybody was in attendance except for Erica Jane. Um, guess who also went? Teddy Mellencamp. And today we got news to that she might have had a fling with Matt Damon. I mean, it, it, everything everything leads to Bravo. Even Matt Damon leads to Bravo too now. Um, do I care about it? No. No. I don't think why it's even like a topic of conversation. Um, but good for her, <laughs> I guess. Um Yes, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave it like that. I don't want to talk about John Mellencamp's daughter. I'm not a fan, so I'm not gonna give her the space. But what we are going to be talking about is Summer House. Summer House is um, finally getting to the point where I am enjoying everything about it. Back like you used to be the party, the drama, and I said it before. I said it multiple times. I think it's time for Summer House to focus on. Um, their lives in the city. And this episode was a um, a small taste of what it will be if they actually do that. The episode starts, obviously, with um, with Kyle's 40th birthday, like the last part of the, the celebration. Um, we get to see Corey and Sam beginnings, you know, how they got together. Now we know that they are actually a couple and they've been together for a very long time now since they filmed the 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 show. And I like them as a couple. Many people are not sure about Corey, but Corey has a swag. Corey has a um a bad boy energy and he knows that he he knows how to place that role he even was, he was on Watch What Happened Live that night on Monday. And he said, like, uh, I know my face is not my best quality. So uh, I, I know that. So I play with what, what I have. And Sam likes that too. So I like them as a couple. It makes sense. You know, it's like, you know, like in high school. Remember in high school when you see the cheerleader dating the the, the quarterback of the football team? It makes sense. For some reason, even how crazy our society kind of make us believe that those clicks belong together, it still makes sense that they both like sports, like Sam and, and, and Corey, they both like to work out. They both have this weird sense of humor. They are both uh, 
energetic people. They like to be out there and partying and, and having a good time. And they have that very, um, they complement each other. So to me, it makes sense. A lot of people are complaining. A lot of people are not very uh, Corey, you know, team Corey or whatever. But I like Sam. I like Corey. I think they, they do make a great couple. Uh, there was a scene between um, Paige, Sierra, and Amanda. They were taking tests together because, you know, Amanda's trying to get pregnant or at least planning on doing so. And she has been having issues with her period and was, and stuff like that. I don't understand any of this. I don't understand how women's body parts work. Uh, I'm just being honest. I, like, I don't understand it. So the conversation to me is... Uh, I don't know, um, but I do appreciate one thing about this scene. They were there for each other. Uh, Paige, Sierra were there for Amanda because Amanda has been going through this anxious time when she's trying to get pregnant and uh, she's scared that she might not be able to. So it's great to have the support of your friends to give you that push to push you to do the stuff that you need to do to make sure that you are healthy, to make sure that you are able to, to uh, you know, procreate or, and, you know, and, and do what needs to be done. And like I said before, this happened in the city where they live. That's the part of Summer House that is missing. And I do believe that Bravo needs to either rebrand the show or kind of give a spinoff to the people who have been for the longest on that show. Because that part, I enjoyed it so much. When they went to, to Lindsay's and Carl's apartment, you know, seeing them in the city, partying with the friends that they have in the city, uh, talking about city life, talking about rent in the city, because which is, that's a very normal conversation for those who live in New York City. We, love, we, we talk about it. We talk about how much our rent it is and how crazy expensive it is to live in the city all the time. But no matter what, we liked it. So I appreciate those conversations. I appreciate the dynamic that the cast members have when they are not just partying at the Hamptons, which is basically what the show is all about. But I'm also interested to see how these people are going to evolve outside the partying every weekend, you know? And that was a great opportunity for us to see it. It makes sense. It's finally growing with the cast because at one point it's going to be kind of like, it's going to be forcing the storyline, you know, for them to always be partying out in the Hamptons. It's going to become really um, kind of like pointless, you know, so for them to show how their lives in New York City are, it's kind of like pointing to the direction where we are going to grow with the cast. I mean, Amanda and, and Kyle are trying to have kids. Carl and Lindsay are going to get married. And I want to see how Lower Boy, you know, kind of like works. You know, I want to see Kyle working for his next Lower Boy campaign or his next lover boy uh drink uh flavor that's what i want to see now from them talking about Lindsay's and 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 carl 
there were two moments that I want to highlight right now. And I think it's the fact that everybody believes that Carl and Lindsay are moving way too fast. I agree. They're moving a little too fast. But then I see them and they are in their 30s. They know each other for a very long time. Yeah, they know what they want. They're going to go for it. Right. Um, there was a conversation between Kyle and Carl. And he showed him the ring that he's getting for Lindsay. And I was so happy to see that because as we know, at the beginning of the season, Carl and Kyle were in really bad terms uh, because Carl was having issues with Kyle about work. Uh, Kyle was feeling like Lindsay was the one pushing Carl out lower boy. And that dynamic was affecting 100% their friendship. But seeing them sitting down, talking about the future, talking about Carl proposing to Lindsay, Carl showing uh, Kyle the ring, it made me feel like, okay, they are going back to who they are, true friends. I mean, Carl and Kyle are really close. So seeing them... Uh, you know, falling apart, it was, it was not fun to watch. So I'm happy about that. On the other hand, the other part that I, I want to highlight is Danielle and Lindsay's friendship falling apart. That one, I didn't see coming. I mean, we knew beforehand that that was going to happen because the conversation started even way before um, they kind of mentioned that at BravoCon uh, last year. So it's been a while, but now we actually seeing that unraveling and falling apart in front of our eyes, and it's crazy. I'm the, I'm the few people who believe that both sides are in the wrong. Both sides. Lindsay and Danielle are both in the wrong. I'm going to tell you why. Because Danielle shouldn't be telling her friend, Lindsay, um... Like when or how to hang out with her or that she needs to hang out more and all this stuff. She, They should be just being happy to be friends for each other. But at the same time, I can see why Danielle feels that way too. You know, she feels replaced and she is, you know, allowed and she had the right to express those feelings to Lindsay. And then Lindsay is on the wrong because she's not seeing where her friend is coming from. Lindsay is taken in such a defensive way. It's like Lindsay is acting as Danielle is asking her to break up with Carl, which is not true. It's how Lindsay is perceiving Danielle's reaction. So this lack of communication, even when they're trying to communicate, it's hard for them to express their feelings properly because every single conversation that they have, it ends with a bigger blowout. And for no reason, if they both of them like just like sat down and said, you know what, Danielle was like, hey, I want to hang out with you more. And Liz like, OK, I'm going to make more time for you, but you got to respect my relationship with Carl. The end that should have been the conversation from the beginning and we should have been moving forward. Instead, it got worse. Ooh, that, that and that scene between them two was actually pretty um sad because Danielle and Lindsay has been kind of a steady friendship. Danielle has had 
Lindsay's back from the beginning. Uh, Lindsay has had uh, Danielle's back since Danielle joined the show. And they always had, you know, kind of like their own their own dynamic, separate from the group. Because as we know, Paige, Sierra, and Amanda, they have had their own, you know, circle of friends that most, most of the time doesn't include Lindsay. So Lindsay always had Danielle, and Danielle always had Lindsay. So it's, it's quite sad to see such a strong friendship for many, many years to fall apart so quickly. And it's truly a lack of communication between the two of them. That's what it comes down to. And that's how that's my opinion. You know, some people feel like it's more Danielle's fault. Some people feel like it's more Lindsay's fault. At the beginning, I was blaming Lindsay a little more. But the more I he- I hear this conversation that they're having, the more I'm starting to believe that both of them just need to like realize that they need to find a middle ground. Lindsay needs to be less defensive and Danielle needs to be a little less needy as a friend, you know? That's just my opinion. Let's talk about Jersey now. Jersey. Jersey, Jersey. I am truly enjoying this trip to uh, Ireland. This is the part where I want you guys to be more... um, Give me more of your opinions because we're going to be talking about topics that might be controversial, you know, uh, especially the whole Antonia comment on the bus. But let's start with the fun part. Uh, at the beginning, the ladies were at a bar and they were chugging beers and chugging um, Irish beers and stuff like that. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, these girls have talent, all of them. I mean, the way that Jackie just chugged. This whole entire Guinness, like in a minute, like I'm like good for her because I hate, hate the taste of Guinness. It's 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 heavy. It's uh your stomach when if you're chugging that, you feel it right in your stomach. It feels so heavy. You feel like you are going to throw up immediately. So the way that she was doing it, Jackie. I mean, props to her because, I mean. I don't know how she's not giving Evan blowjobs because, I mean, she can chug. She can chug. (laughs) Uh, Then we see them, you know, having a great time, party. And even even, uh, Dolores said, like, you know, she mentioned that she was happy that everybody was having a good time. You always know, though. You always know that there's always going to be something that is going to trigger a cast trip. And we know from the previous episode that, you know, uh, Jennifer told Danielle about the rumor that Laura told them about Melissa. And the whole rat coming towards um, Rachel. I want to talk about that part because I think people do not understand how, you know, offensive it is to call someone from Jersey a rat. If you are not from Jersey, you probably think like, this is nothing. Like, why would you be so mad to be called a rat? But in Jersey, it has a different minute. I mean, if you, if you think about it, 
a lot of the Jersey history, it's uh, it has a lot a lot of connection with the Italian uh, mentality and and you know the mobsters and stuff like that, you know, and 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 that is still part of the the the, the way that we talk in Jersey. So when you call somebody a rat, it means somebody who who has no uh, loyalty, who can just like rat you at any minute and just tell all your secrets or whatever. So that is such an offensive, you know, word for anyone. And that's why Rachel is like holding on to this comment for so long, you know. Um, it just, it just, I'm kind of tired of the way that they're handling, especially this rat comment, because it's going to be brought up every time the Danielle talks. Just watch. Trust me. Every single conversation is going to be around this rat comment. And we saw it, you know. Uh, also, one thing that we need to make sure that we know, too, is that when Danielle trusted her opinion on Rachel, I mean, Rachel did kind of toll on her and change her the story a little bit saying that she was the one saying it. That's why March and and the other one have this like they're like going after Daniel for no reason. And they hate the fact that Daniel is is up on Jennifer and Teresa's side. We saw that moment when when Daniel told March, hey you 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 have an arsenal and you know I, I heard this stuff about you and all this stuff and she said like yeah but like the one that telling you are these two and then she stepped in and said yeah but you you know humiliated Jennifer and her family with the gossip about Bill and what happened 10 years ago and then you went ahead and you tried to destroy Teresa with the uh the video in the comments about Louis in last season too. So, and even though Danielle was not part of the show, this conversation has been happening. And the fact that they go after Danielle for having an opinion on a situation is quite hypocritical because Rachel had had opinions about stuff that she hasn't been part of. And it's part of coming into the show is knowing what happened before so you can have a uh, saying so you you can say something when you are in a group and uh, setting. So for uh, Margaret to tell Daniela, you were not here last season. You don't know what you're talking about. It's quite rich when her friend next to her, you know, you have Jen Fessler, who also wasn't here last season. I mean, she has opinions about it too. And nobody has gone and said that too. Uh, to Jen Fesla. So what do you guys think? Do you think it's fair to be telling Danielle to shut up when she has an opinion on events that she wasn't part of? Or she had the right to express how she feels? You know? I believe that Danielle has all the right to say it. And what really pisses Margaret and the other ones off is the fact that Danielle is taking Teresa and Jennifer's side. 
and she's there defending them. And like Jennifer said, the only reason why March is mad is because somebody is stepping in and being on their side. And that's quite fair. I, 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 I believe so too. So let's talk about the other comment that is probably going to be a little controversial. It's the Antonia comment on the bus. Uh, Teresa was asked by Rachel, which I still feel like it was a little planned. Maybe not like uh, with intention of create uh, drama, but I always feel like they're trying to fish for a answer to um, to paint Teresa as this awful person. I always feel that way. So when when Rachel asked Teresa, Teresa was saying that they, they were close, but Antonia, you know, didn't go to to Melania's week 16 and Melania was feeling in some kind of way. First of all, I I'm gonna say this. I don't think I don't think that um that Teresa should have named Antonia, but what we are doing here, I mean, what they're doing is trying to reach for this twisted, um, kind of like they twisted what she said. And no point of the conversation, Teresa was saying that Antonia was a bad person. She was just saying that Melania felt like Antonia should have been there. And they're kids. They're 16. Of course, they want their cousins there. Of course, you're going to say, hey, I wish Antonia was here. Like, I was at her party. Why wasn't she here? If they were so close. You know? My problem with this scene in particular is because as soon as Teresa said Antonia didn't show up, Melissa cut her off and started making Teresa feel like she said something wrong when she was just sharing facts about how Antonia, about how Melania was feeling. She didn't say Antonia's about cousin or, or whatever. She said, hey, she went to her cheer practice. She didn't come to the house for or to the, the party for Melania's 16. She didn't even show up for a minute. And um, Melania felt this way. Is it bad to say that? I don't think so. Because it's not putting the fault on the child. If anything, if you pay attention, the reason why Melissa kind of like stopped Teresa, I believe is that she felt like she was the one being blamed. And it's the adult at the end of the day that if they want to be family, like they say, that, hey, let's bring the kid, uh, you know, let's figure something out. So it wasn't, to me, at least to me, wasn't about uh, Teresa, you know, mentioning Antonia in a bad light. It's just sharing a feeling that her daughter had. I'm going to share this because uh, I... I want to make sure that everybody knows. Uh, Kristen VW said it was a setup, not a question. That was regarding uh, Rachel's question. Uh, I have 
uh, Kane Cordova say Melissa's a mean girl in reality and Melissa is reaching. I I agree. I I I honestly believe that it was a reach the way that they were trying to paint Teresa as an awful aunt for just mentioning how her daughter felt. Also, it's a very awful reach. This this one was this one was the one that I was like, oh no 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 no, this is not the same. Jackie has the audacity to compare what she said about Gia. Let's not forget that Jackie pretty much said that Gia was doing coke or some shit like that to Teresa. And that's why Teresa went after her. And Jackie in her confession said like, I only mentioned Gia's name and Teresa almost wanted to beat me up. And she and now she is mentioning Antonia's name. I'm like, trust me, it's two different things. It's not the same uh, situation. You cannot compare Teresa saying that Melania felt like Antonia should have been there on her Swiss 16 to you saying, to Jackie saying that Gia was doing coke. It's not the same in any freaking planet. So she's delusional. That's why she is not a good housewife. She's boring and she doesn't know how to freaking even put two two situations together that make sense. You know, so it, it, it seems to me like they are playing the viewers, they are playing the story, and, and it's it's quite upsetting. And, and I, I don't want to be biased. I mean, I'm going to be a little bit. Uh, who, am I, who am I kidding? But at the same time, we need to be realistic. We need to like listen and see what's truly happening. You know, like remember a couple of episodes ago, uh, Teresa and Gia were talking to Joe Gorga's son at the at the stadium, and Joe Gorga called called him over as soon as he noticed that. Yeah, it can be editing. It can be that they're playing with the editing. That happens all the time. But based on what we saw on our TV screen, we can we can make the assumption that Joe Gorga didn't want his kid to be talking to his family. That's my assumption from that, you know? And then when, you know, when Teresa, and then when, like, when, when, um, Teresa was also in the bus. This is another one that I want to share with you guys. Margaret told Teresa, like, hey, why, why you didn't dance with the, with the Irish guy at the at the pub. And Teresa say no, like I, I didn't want to dance with that person because you know I'm getting married, whatever. Like Louis will not be okay. And everybody chime in say, Yeah, my husband will not be okay. This is the same Margaret who's mad about the fact that somebody said that she was pushing Melissa to leave um Gorga for a Baseball player. She's it's the same Margaret who's mad at the fact that her friend told people that she's the one who started the rumor or she's the one who knew about Melissa's alleged uh, makeout 
make out with a guy in, in the backseat of a limousine. And this is the same march that if Teresa danced with this guy, she will hold that information to make it seem like Teresa was doing more than dancing. You know? So I'm happy that Teresa didn't dance with this guy because we will have had a whole storyline next season about how Teresa was trying to cheat on Louis. But then she goes out and defends herself saying that she told Melissa like joking, you know, about leaving uh, Gorga because she looks like J-Lo. So she can do like J-Lo, like have a, a, a baseball player. As a, as a partner. Let's also not forget that it's the same march that not only destroyed one family, but two families. When she was, uh, when she started her affair with, uh, with Joe Benigno, they both were married to different people when they met and they started a relationship while they were still together with their, with their exes. So there is, there is a pattern of like, okay, you might be a little bit of a mistress sometimes. I just wanted to make that comment because I watched that scene and Margaret trying to be like, oh, funny, like, hi, you should have danced, it's your last time or whatever. And people will say like, yeah, I mean, she's getting married, she should have fun. But we know how Margaret's you know, wheels turn and how she can use anything, anything to start an issue, you know? I noticed that and I wanted to make sure that I mentioned to you guys because it's, it, we're going to be talking about this again, trust me, when I said that. There was a conversation between uh, Joe Gorga and Melissa where Joe Gorga has a feeling that Teresa is trying to push them out of the wedding. If anything, I would have pushed them out for the way that they're behaving. Because the last thing that you want in your supposed to be your happy day is to have this energy of people who, who are trying so hard to make that day about themselves. Every single conversation has been about the wedding. Even during the bus ride, Melissa said, oh, if you wanted to show how uh, how close we are as family, you should have had me as, you know, in your wedding party. I'm like, no, that has nothing to do. Because it's not about pretending. And that's, and that's like the hypocrisy of it all. Like on one side... Melissa wants Teresa to pretend they're fine, but at the same time, Melissa is saying that Teresa is faking everything. If Mel if Teresa tries to pretend that everything is fine with the Gorgas, I'm sure that Melissa would have said, oh, she's pretending, we're not okay. Yet, she complains when Teresa is telling her, like, hey, you know, like, I'm going to come to my wedding. What's happening here? And, and she's just letting them talk. L literally, Mel Teresa is letting them talk.
And I'm kind of happy that this season is kind of almost over because it's. I, I want to see where the future of Jersey is, what, what where this franchise is heading, because we can't have another season of the Melissa versus Teresa uh, storyline. I'm bored. I'm so bored with that. I'm more interested on getting to know Danielle. I'm more interested on see where Jennifer Aiden and Bill Aiden go from where they are right now with the therapist in their lives. I'm more interested to see how Teresa does in her new uh, married life. I don't want more Melissa versus Teresa because what else is out there? There is, I mean, if they don't want to talk to each other, just don't talk to each other, period. I mean, yes, they're family. Yes, uh, Gorga feels like uh, Teresa is pushing him out to make him look bad, which, by the way, that's so freaking stupid because he doesn't need Teresa to make himself look bad. He makes himself look bad all the time. He almost jumped across the table because, uh, uh, what his face? Louis was trying to mend make amends with him. He was a BravoCon stomping on the stage. She was a BravoCon telling that his comedy, uh, stand-up comedy was going to last longer than Teresa's marriage. He doesn't need anybody to make him look bad. As soon as he opened his mouth, he said some dumb shit. So at this point, if they're not going to talk about each other or they're not going to talk to each other, let's see what the Gorga has to offer. Let's see what they do without Teresa. That's what I want to know. I want to know what they do when Teresa stopped talking to them and when they stop talking to Teresa, which I think is hard because they need Teresa more than Teresa needs them in the show. That's the, that's the truth. The truth is that Teresa doesn't need the Gorgas on the show to have a storyline. Teresa has many things going on. What do the Gorgas have? I mean, I hope Melissa will talk about her podcast, whatever she has going on with that part. We never know what she's doing because all they do is talk about Teresa. I'm Actually, I appreciate when they show little clips of her with the kids and what's not. I like that. Show me more of those. See what happened when, when, um, when this whole... You know, fight with uh, the Judas and and Louis ends, and they start showing what they have in their own household. I want to see who is going to thrive in the show. One thing is for sure: the Bravo knows who is offering more because last time I checked, they stopped production when Teresa went away. So she could come back to the show. And they have never done anything like that for anybody else. So let's be clear on who brings more to the show. I'm not saying that Melissa doesn't bring anything to the show. That will be I will be lying and exaggerating the truth. But if you put on a balance. You put Melissa and Teresa on a balance. We gotta be honest to see 
where Bravo will put more of their money. Because they know who's who's opening everything to their life. Teresa legit went to jail and she still was part of the conversation. Teresa allowed the cameras while she was going through all the stuff. Uh, Teresa pretty much... You know, at the beginning, she was a little shy to talk about going away because it was a, a traumatic experience. But then over time, she opened up and she talks about it now like a little more confident because she knows that it's in the past, that she did her time. Like, for example, Jennifer Aiden doesn't need anybody to be relevant. Yeah, she has a fight with Margaret. That's going to happen. You're going to have somebody that you don't like and you're going to go after. But she's open to what's happening in her household. She's not pretending that her marriage with Bill is perfect. They're going to therapy. Uh, she is talking about her kids, you know, future. You know, now that her daughter wants to be a love therapist because what happened in between them two. And that's what made her a great housewife because she not only can be a great cast member in a cast, in a cast setting, in a group setting, she is also great at sharing what's happening in his in her house. And people might not like her, you know. So I see what people comment on my on my posts when I post about Jennifer Aiden. I love Jennifer Aiden because she doesn't give a fuck. And I I I like people like that. I like people who are real people who are not afraid, people who can speak their mind, people who can sit in a couch in a reunion and have three or four people coming after her and she can drag every single one of them and defend herself and put the foot down and everybody's shaking. But at the same time, she can be vulnerable and open about her own struggle in her own household. And that's what made her a great housewife. Not that many housewives do that. I want to I wanna share this because it's very true. Mia Carla said, they don't have a problem marriage. They just have a marriage. And that is very true. People pretend that having a marriage is being perfect and butterflies and rainbows 24-7. And if you have one issue at home... Oh my gosh, it's falling apart. No, it's not true. That is not true. Marriage are all about, uh, you know, dynamics and and how you come out of the you know, the heavy times and the dark times and the problematic time. Because believe it or not, most marriages have more time in the down than in the ups but it's how you make your way up that truly makes a marriage stronger and that's why i don't like when people go after jane's marriage because um one thing that i can tell just by watching their interaction is the bill and jen do love each other they have problems like any marriage you know but they make sense even when they're talking, you can tell they, 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 they know how to poke each other fun. And they go after each other in fun way and they enjoy it. It's not like the Lenny's of the world in Miami that uh, Lisa was 
trying really hard to make it seem like their marriage was so perfect. There was no issues. And every single scene that Lenny was in was awkward as fuck. So awkward that you can tell that he didn't want to be there. Like he, he was acting as he was being forced and he, like he had a, like, like he was like attached to the chair. He, he couldn't move. That's how he acted the whole entire time that he was with Lisa. But on this time, you can tell that even though they are going through it, you know, a low in their marriage, they still know how to poke fun at each other and they're going to work it out together. I like that. You know, I appreciate that. And I'm, and I hate when, when like Margaret goes on Watch What Happened Life and she tries to paint this image of like, they have this like problem, whatever. She, Margaret said that she doesn't weaponize information on people on Watch What Happened Life. She said that. And I laughed so hard because anyone who has been paying attention from the beginning of the moment that she joined the show is that every time that she knows something about somebody, she's going to weaponize it. For example, and this is just two examples that we are very aware of those. Last season was, you know, Bill's affair that happened 10 years ago. She wanted to weaponize that thinking that Jennifer Aiden was not going to be open about it. And I remember the moment that she told her and she said, like, if you are going to have the information, at least have it right. I know what you're talking about, you know? And Margaret was like, oh, shit. And then this season, you have Margaret calling... um, Jennifer, a drug addict. Just because uh, Jennifer is open about the fact that she likes to smoke pot. So she called her a a drug addict. Yet, she, uh, she said that she doesn't weaponize information. And that is literally the definition of weaponizing. It's using any information... In a way that you make the other person feel like the way that they live is wrong. And that's when that's when Jennifer called her a booga wolf. I laughed because I I know what a booga wolf was and I wasn't expecting her to use that terminology. But for those who don't know, a booga wolf is an ugly female. Is a, a nasty person, like a nasty woman, uh, kind of like a, a messy, messy woman, you know? So um, that's what a boogaboo is. And I, I, I laugh because nobody knew, not, not, even, not even Jackie, Miss uh, Mayor Webster. She didn't know what he meant. So I, I think it was historical. But I mean... It's kind of true. I, I I agree with Jennifer in that war. I hope Jennifer right now is um, she should be coming out with a, a t-shirt line. You know, like those like little t-shirt with the war that the housewife have. She should have one with like the word "booga wolf." It's a really funny word. 
Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll create a merchandise with the Booga Wolf word. It's really funny. Uh, talking about Jersey before I go, guys, uh, the reunion is being filmed tomorrow. So all hands on deck because I'm going to get all the information. I'm going to try to get you all the information before it's even out. And that's my goal. So tomorrow night, I'm going to be doing my recap of Ultimus Girls Trip and Vanderpump Rules. You best believe that if I find out any tea, I'm going to save it for the podcast. So if you want to know everything about the reunion that is being filmed tomorrow, uh, just come here. I will have some tea and we will talk about it. I'm excited. I'm excited because Jersey is going to have an amazing reunion. It has so many fights and so many people arguing with each other. And I want to see how Teresa and Melissa end this reunion because it's going to be a very important kind of turning point for the show. Um, and I also want to see how Jennifer drags everybody else. Because you know that Jennifer does reunions like nobody else. If somebody is prepared and ready for a reunion, it's Jennifer. I'm also curious to see how Danielle and Rachel Fuda do uh, on their first reunion. I, I'm always excited to see how the the newbies do. Um, usually, if a newbie does, newbie does great in a reunion setting you know that they're set for many many seasons that's kind of like the moment when you see their true wittiness how quick they are to answer questions how quick they are to come up with something really funny to say or a good comeback and that usually is a like a seal of approval from from their uh from from the production part and from the fan base part so I'm excited. So as you guys know, if you want extra tea, you know where to find it. You can find me at Martini with Eddie on Instagram and Martini with Eddie on Twitter. I also have a YouTube channel, Martini with Eddie. And please subscribe to that and to my podcast. It's very important for you guys. If you are listening and enjoying this information, please, please, please give a review to my podcast because the only way that we are as podcaster can survive and thrive if by the love and support that you show us uh, by subscribing and rating our podcast. So please do that for me if you have the time. Uh, also, I have a website, martinewitheddy.com. I'm, I'm working on bringing you guys some great, great guests. I have one that I don't want to say the name just yet, but as, as soon as I have that confirmed, you guys are going to love it. Um, I'm also preparing myself for new housewife uh, material. We have Atlanta coming. We have Orange County coming. Um, Ultimus Girls Trip ends tomorrow, so we will be talking about it. Uh, once again, you guys, thank you so much for staying here with you know my crazy, crazy talk. And I will see you guys tomorrow for uh another podcast with martini with eddie and like i always say you guys i hope you guys have a great 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 day night where you are right now and one two three bye besties